You're listening to BG Mania for April 11th, 2018. For the definitive version of the show, be sure to listen through either iTunes or Google Play using your favorite podcast app of choice. On with the show. Welcome to BG Mania, a video game music podcast found right here on Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. What it do, my people? 
before we get into the excellent music that we have lined up for your listening pleasure today, we want to let you know the following is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs. Are you in need of a new chair for your office, studio, or gaming space? Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with the Lazy Boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG. Stands for Level Down Games. Offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box in all of our videos and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Razer. Thanks in advance for all of the support. Last but not least, if you don't currently subscribe to our YouTube channel or other podcasts, we got a lot of great content you may be interested in. Simply search Level Down Games on any podcast app of your choice to see a list of our shows, including Max Level, BG Mania, and Glow. We also have a YouTube channel that sees at least one new video uploaded to it daily, and again, that can be found by searching for Level Down Games on YouTube. We'd love to see you around more often in our community, and we'd also love to hear from you too. If you want to contact the show, feel free to send an email to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. We're always looking for additional requests for upcoming episodes, including Radio Hour and our themed weeks. You can also send us general questions or thoughts related to video games or gaming music, or even personal questions related to myself and Frank. All requests will eventually make it into the show, and any good questions will also be discussed while we're recording. On top of this, a cool thing we started to do. If you sub to us on YouTube, follow us over on twitch.tv slash leveldowngames, and leave us a review on iTunes. We will send you one or two crappy Steam games from our ever-growing library of crappy Steam games. Here's the thing about Frank and myself. We like bad games, and we want to start sharing our love of bad games with you. So if you sub to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitch, and leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know through twitter or bgmania at leveldowngames.com and we will send you one two or maybe even more crappy steam games all right man i have been waiting for this episode since we since we talked about it because i think this is going to be beyond epic here so the theme for today is boss battle music doesn't have to necessarily be final boss battle music this music we're playing on today's episode though has to have been playing in the game in some form during a boss battle, whether it was just bits and pieces of it, whether it was the entire song or whatever. It doesn't matter. This, the songs that we're going to hear today have to have played in the particular game during a boss battle. Couldn't have been just a regular battle. It had to have been a boss battle. Yeah, this is a great concept because every song here is just going to be epic. You know, this, this, you it's know, going you, to be. Uh, just... mm-hmm. It's going uh, to be. And... Like you said, I know you couldn't wait for this one. I, I, I couldn't wait. When you said, hey, we're doing boss battles, I was like, okay, I already got some picked. Yeah, yeah. And what I really, 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 really like about today's episode is it shows the personalities of both Frank and myself. It shows oh, yes. our preferences. It shows the types of games we like to play. So the eight pieces of music you're going to hear from Frank are very much Frank. And the eight pieces of music you're going to hear from me are very much me. You're going to hear a lot of JRPG stuff. You're going to hear a lot of sentimental stuff. You're going to hear a lot of cool things on my end. And on Frank's end, you're going to get a lot of fun stuff. You're going to still get some, you know, some epic stuff because he does like the chance 
enchanting and stuff as well, but you're going to get a lot of retro stuff too. So I, I just love what we did here. I love how our selections just perfectly matched who we are as gamers and individuals. It's it's so cool. It's it's so freaking cool. The opening track you heard was my first pick on today's episode, and it's from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. The track is actually called The Power of Jin. It plays during Jin's boss battle theme. Uh, it, it's, the, it's the theme to his boss battle. And this was composed by the legendary and wonderful Yasunori Mitsuda. And it just, it makes me so happy that, you know, that obviously this game, composer-wise, has so many people behind it. Yasunori Mitsuda, uh, Ace Team, Kenji Hiramatsu, and Manami Kyoto. But I was able to find out that Yasunori Mitsuda is the one of the ones that actually composed this particular track. And this whole buildup in Xenoblade Chronicles 2 with what's going on with Jin, the game is still new. It just released on December 1st last year, 2017, for the Nintendo Switch. So I'm not going to spoil what's happening here. But the whole buildup to what's going on with Jin and everything that's happening here, it's very... Dude, it's very touching what's going on here because Jin is like this ultimate evil. He's this ultimate powerful thing that you're going up against. But maybe that's not the case. So this whole this whole thing was very bittersweet. This whole story arc to what was going on with with Jin, with with everything, dude. It was just I love Xenoblade Chronicles, too. I absolutely yeah, I, I, love this game. I, I know you do. You, you you speak so highly of the soundtrack in general. Yes, so the, so the soundtrack for, is for, killer. For, for, you, for, for you able to pick a song, I was like, okay. Yeah, regular regular listeners will probably be wondering where the bonus episode is on Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and I promise you it's still coming. We just have so much stuff that we're doing now, we haven't had a chance to sit down and record the bonus episode for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. But it is still coming. That was supposed to be our next bonus episode, so we are going to knock that out soon. Um, so, so keep an eye out for that. I have no idea when it's going to get done, but we are still doing it. And I still have all the tracks downloaded and ready to go for this episode. We just haven't had a chance to sit down and actually record the bonus episode yet. Just, just take it slow. It'll yeah. work itself out fine. All we need is just a little patience. I know, dude. I know, dude. That's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before we, before we go into full-on GNR mode. I know, um, I know, I know. Like, um, like, like, like Brian yep. says. Our picks very, very, very much reflect our personalities. Yes. Uh, and listeners to the Max Level Podcast will know that this past week, I played a ton of fighting games. Yes, you did. Uh, one I actually wanted to play, we didn't play, and that was Street Fi Super Street Fighter 4. This is the theme of M. Bison.
and that was the theme of M. Bison from Super Street Fighter 4. I feel like I should have been in the club, dancing, dancing, dude. Well, that- with Jersey Shore being back, I had to represent some GTL style for you, baby. Yeah. There you go. Jim Tan, Jim Tan Laundry, baby. <laughs> uh, so this was actually composed by Hideyuki Fukasawa. Okay. Um, who actually has a bit of a cult following. Okay. Um, because he did the music for Chaos Legion. Okay. Which is an awesome soundtrack if you've never actually checked that out. That's something that I actually do have saved for uh, Radio Hour. I actually do have one for the Ukraine Radio Hour. This nice. Fun chaos week, so. You actually already have a pick for, for this for this coming up month. I know. Isn't that crazy? And I, I actually know. know. I actually know when it is because I've been setting calendar reminders for Yeah, it's probably, probably smart. Probably smart. I make, and I make a mistake now and then. Yeah, every now and then. Every now and then. Every now and then. Uh, but yeah, so... Like you said, very much club music. Yeah. Uh, it was hard for me hearing this without actually like hearing you know, Hadouken and. and <laughs> sure. You know, because fighting on Bison is always a challenge. A teleporting son of a gun. Uh, but yeah, but I, I absolutely love it. This is the, probably the best version you're gonna hear of the M Bison theme, which yeah. has been around since Street Fighter Two, I believe. And M, M- Bison is considered. A, a canon final, like a, a canon boss in, in Street Fighter, is he not? Like, yeah, see, he's the final boss, the boss of Shadowloo. Um, yeah. Now, of course, with other games, you know, you could you could make the argument that maybe Akuma is the final boss or Seth, mm-hmm. uh, because they uh, because they, they sometimes will fight them after him, Bison. Sure. But he is a big boss. That's like saying it's like if you fought something after. Wait, Bowser. he's, he's Bowser's Solid Snake. Boss. He's big boss. Snake Eater. <laughs> We've played that song before. Right we'll here. play it again one day. Oh, DG Mania. Maybe if it's a cover. Yeah. Never, cover. never the original. Never the original. Because we are original here on 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 BG Mania, and we only play songs once. So, so, so much so you can follow us on Twitter at original LDG. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Original. We are original. At least we try to be. At least we try to be. But uh, what you got for me next? Next up, I have a game that you and I both played the crap out of back in 1998. So we're going to go to the Nintendo 64. We're going to go to Banjo-Kazooie. This track is the final battle.
was the final battle from Banjo-Kazooie. And yes, that is a very, very long track. But what's interesting about that track is that it's kind of different all throughout that six minutes. Like, it's you don't really hear repeats. You hear some things repeated every yeah, now and then. But it's very unique throughout. To say it wasn't one big constant loop at all. No. And obviously that was composed by the legendary Grant Kirkhope. So you, you really can't go wrong with Grant. Um, everything exactly. that he does is <laughs> everything he does is top notch. So I, I knew going in that track was going to be amazing. But it's just amazing. Like what's also amazing is like the flood of emotions that came back to me while listening to that track. I literally could picture every single thing going on in that final battle. I was instantly transported back to 1998. I was back in the world of Banjo-Kazooie. I could see like, you know, the, the bad polygonal graphics that you know they weren't even bad but I mean I just it is what it is that was the time of weird looking graphics on the N64 like you, you know Super Mario 64 Banjo-Kazooie Glover Donkey Kong 64 all those games are some of my favorites of all time but I, I'm not gonna lie that going back and looking at them now they look kind of out of place and a little clunky so but you know just get, getting transported back you know 20 years ago to 1998 Banjo-Kazooie it's been 20 freaking years dude Banjo-Kazooie I, I, I love listening to that track and I love what Grant Kirkhope was able to do to that. Every every single piece of, you know, every single theme that he used throughout the game was brought forward in that final battle theme. And I thought it was amazing. Like, I, that that's why I picked that track. Uh, it, it really is a great song. Um, and I'm actually going to be taking you back as well to the N64. Okay. But, but since you're 98, I'm actually going to be taking you forward. All the way forward to the year... 2000. Okay. In the year 2000. In the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Conan, man. I love Conan. Oh, I love it. And this is from Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards. This is Zero Two. <sighs> Thank you. 
And that was Zero Two from Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards. Yeah, dude, that's a killer track right there. So that was composed by uh, Jun Ishikawa. Okay. And Hirokazu Ando. Okay. Um, both known for, wait for it, the Kirby series. Yeah. I know that we've talked about them before because you've played yes, some Kirby have. before. Yeah, you've played some Kirby tunes before. Um, I looked up, I mean, Kirby, 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 Super Smash Brothers. So mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on levels with Kirby. Yeah. But it's cool, you know, hey, when you're good at something, stick with it. Of course, of course, of course. No, um, I, I even, I, I made a joke to you when we were listening to that because I was going to pick Zero Two from Kirby 64, but I purposely didn't in hopes that you would pick it and you did because I knew how amazing that track was and how, you know, how special that track was from that game. And I, I kind of know you being a much bigger Kirby fan than me. I was just hoping that you would actually think to pick it as well. And I'm glad that you did. Absolutely. In fact, like you said, our games definitely reflect our personalities. And yeah, I loved Kirby 64. Yeah. Kirby 64 still to this day is my favorite Kirby. Is um, it? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I was hoping that, um, you know, the most recent one on the Nintendo Switch, Star Allies, would be my most favorite one. But it w- I mean, it was a great game. Don't get me wrong. Kirby Star Allies is a great freaking game. I just felt that it was I, I felt that it could have it could have been so much more. I felt that it could have been longer. And while Kirby 64 is about the same length as Kirby Star Allies. It's about five hours long. I just had more fun with Kirby 64. I don't know. I, I, I think Kirby 64 is my favorite Kirby game still to this day. Uh, it's, it's definitely up there for me, man. Uh, it, was, it was just, it's innovative for its time. We, you know, this is the first, like, Kirby game like this. That's... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you have to think, like, the last one that was on a home console before the Nintendo 64 version was the SNES version, uh, Dreamland, yeah. Return of Dreamland, so, which is another great game, so... Another but, uh, I remember this. I remember the mini games in here. They were yeah. just out of the freaking world. Incredibly hard if you played it on tense. Right. I always yeah. played on tense because you know, yeah. I'm a real J. I I never did just because I didn't want to you know stress myself out lose. and I was yeah <laughs> well, lose. lose and stress myself out. I mean you know 1998. I'm 12 years old. I just want to. Oh no, I'm sorry. 2000. Uh, this was 2000. Uh, my my track Banjo Kazooie was 1988. So in 2000, you know, I'm 14 years old. I don't want to stress myself out. I just want to have fun playing a video game. So, but no, I, I had I had fun with Kirby 64. Now what I really liked about this was the whole combining ability thing. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that that I think it's the first time we ever saw that. We we see that again in the most recent Kirby. Yes, our allies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. Th- I actually don't think that happened. In, uh, Kirby's in between. I don't think so. I think that's no. the one that when we saw it in Star Allies, I think that came back from 64, which is kind of a cool thing to think about. So, yeah, no, very, very cool. Uh, I'm going to take us to one of my favorite types of games now. So we're going to visit Dark Souls, the original Dark Souls, Dark Souls 1. We're going to listen to Gwyn, Lord of Cinder.
And that was Gwyn, Lord of Cinder, from Dark Souls. Gwyn, Lord of Cinder, is the final boss in Dark Souls. And this was composed by the legendary Motoi Sakuraba. So what's what's interesting here that you're noticing from all, all of our picks is that all the composers are very, very legendary. So, you know, well, ones that have very storied careers in the gaming industry. We're going to see some people that maybe don't. But it's interesting that we have all these big names on today's episode. I think that's kind of cool. But what I also think is very cool is how that's the final boss theme. It's very slow. It's very melodic. It's just a piano. And I'll tell you what, dude, the first time I got to that point in this game, my jaw just hit the floor when I heard the music. Like, Dark Souls in general has great music. Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, Demon Souls, all these games have amazing music. But there's something special about Gwyn, Lord of Cinder. Just how just... Oh my god, it makes it makes my it, skin dude, it's it came, it's it came across as just a piano. Like that's Yeah. Like and it, it's so freaking good, man. It's just this, the, like I said, this track perfectly fits the boss that the boss theme. The, the boss battle, I should say. And it's just it's so good, man. It's so good. I'm very, very excited for the remastered version, which is coming on May twenty-fifth, next month. It's coming to Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. First time Dark Souls is actually gonna be on Nintendo on the Nintendo platform, so I'm excited to see how it runs on the Switch, but I'm very excited to play through this game again. You know, it's 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 going to have high quality textures, 4K resolution, 60 frames per second, dedicated servers for the multiplayer, and they're increasing the multiplayer cap to six. So they're, they're definitely making some cool additions and changes to Dark Souls Remastered when it comes out next month. Are we doing a are we doing a composer spotlight on uh Sakuraba? Eventually, yes. Yes, he is he is he is, he is he is on the list. He is on the list. Okay, okay. Not not in twenty eighteen, but he is on the list. Okay, because what what a back catalog dude. No, no. Sakuraba is definitely any any major name in the industry is gonna get a composer spotlight at some point in the future. Like I said, BG Mania is not going anywhere. Whether we have thousands or hundreds of thousands of listeners or just ten listeners, BG Mania is the most fun show that we do every single Absolutely. week. <laughs> uh, even if even if we were just doing this for me and you, if we were the only ones that listened to this after the fact, I'd still do this show. I was going to say, I get some tunes out of it, so good luck. Yeah, <laughs> I'd still do the show because it gives us, you know, an hour and a half every single weekend to sit down, listen to some video game music and talk about it. And that that to me is fun. So even if we had an audience of zero, I would still do this show. So, but luckily we although don't we, have an audience of zero. If we had an audience of zero, he would let me curse a little more. Yeah, it's true. That's true. That's true. You mother. <laughs> <laughs> but you haven't played a Dark Souls game. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited for you to play this when it comes out next month, because I know you're going to. No, I am going to. Uh, this is one of the ones that I wrote down on my little list of, hey, dummy, you got you to gotta buy this and play this. Yeah, it's amazing to me because you love hard games and you like a challenge. You've not played Demon Souls, the Dark Souls trilogy or Bloodborne. And I really want to be in on the whole. This is the Dark Souls of this. This is the Dark Souls. And you, of now that. you have Bloodborne, right? You, but you you added it to your library when it was free last month, correct? On PlayStation yes. Plus. OK, you got to play that one. You do. You really, really do. I will. Bloodborne is my favorite of the entire Souls games, so you got to play it. It's going to happen. Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm still waiting for you to go back and um, go back and finish Horizon Zero Dawn, so I never trust anything you say. No, I definitely have to do that as well. <laughs> I mean, every, every time I turn my PS4 on, I, I digitally, every yeah. time I turn it on, you just start staring at me like, uh-huh. hey, play me, Frank. Play me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
the PS4 should just be like, what dumb fighting game are you going to play now? Yep, basically. But I have a plan. Okay. What's the plan? Well, it's, it's, it's a four-part plan. Ah, okay, okay. I, I a, this is from arguably one of my favorite games of all time, but definitely my favorite puzzle game outside of Mist. This is four-part plan from Portal 2. That was four-part plan from Portal 2. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I love this freaking game. I uh, never would have guessed you would try to pick something from Portal 2 for this episode. I get it in whenever I can. Hashtag out of context, really awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is composed by uh, Mike Moraski. Okay. You know that because I pick a lot of Mike Moraski. Because I pick a lot of Portal 2. Yes, yes, uh, yes you do. Uh, so, 
he is known for the for Portal of Portal 2, Team Fortress, uh, also known for Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah. Um, I can gush on this game for years. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm dying for a Portal 3. Yeah, you might actually die before one actually comes out. I'll even settle for a Half-Life 3. Yeah, you'll definitely die before that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Gaben, make it happen. Make nope. it so. It's the it's the laws of three, dude. We're never gonna get a third game in any of the franchises. That's why we're never gonna see Left 4 Dead 3 either. I'm perfectly fine with that. Because mm -hmm. uh, you know, at least Bill endures in uh, Dead by Daylight. Yes, he does. Bill Bill is there in Dead by Daylight. He may not be the best character to play in Dead by Daylight, but he's there. But this is such a great battle. Uh, you got freaking Glados there as a potato. It's mm -hmm. just, it's freaking, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's been such a good story told in such a funny way. It was no a good. It was. It was a great story. It was. It was. I mean, it, it was actually it was a complex story there. You know, I mean, yeah. For a puzzle, for a puzzle game at that, I'm like, really, like you, you, they really went in on that story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they did, they did, they did. And, and, like, I mean, yeah, they had a great soundtrack. That's why you keep picking tracks from it. And, you know, like, we do a lot of the fun stuff, like, during the Christmas episode, the Carol of the Turrets and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's not necessarily from the game, but it's still fun, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, no, but I just, I love the aesthetic that Portal had. Like, it, it had a great aesthetic. It really did. Mm -hmm. Not the last you'll hear Portal or Portal 2. I make that... I solemnly swear I'm up to no good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely hear more of that. Not today, but in the future, most likely quite a bit in the future. Or today, we never know. <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and move into my next pick then. This one's going to be from Valkyria Chronicles. This is Ooh. the final decisive battle.
And that was Final Decisive Battle from Valkyria Chronicles. Valkyria Chronicles is such an amazing game, dude. I absolutely love this game. Uh, it originally released on the PlayStation 3 November 4th, 2008. It came to Steam through the PC on November 11th, 2014. I actually played the remastered version on the PlayStation 4 when it released on May 17th, 2016. This game is so freaking good. Like the story being told in Valkyria Chronicles is amazing. Uh, it, it, it's really, really cool because it is kind of like a turn-based JRPG, but it also mixes a lot of strategy into it as well. So, you know, on Game Oracles, we watched the trailer for Valkyria Chronicles 4. It has that hand-drawn art style. Um, you know, you have the, the strategy cut type of combat. That, that was made famous in, in Valkyria Chronicles, and they actually did it really, really well, this tactical style of strategy combat. It was really good. And the story is top-notch in this game. It actually is kind of emotional. It definitely choked me up quite a bit. Um, because they're telling a story of of war and it's meant to it's meant to kind of mimic the great war here in in actual history you know it's it's kind of mim meant to mimic that and not you know they use different names of of countries and that kind of stuff but it's all pretty much based on the great war but they take it more fantastical obviously and, um, you know, there, there's Valkyries in this game and that kind of stuff, which is where the name Valkyria Chronicles come from. Um, and, dude, I just, man, I don't know, like, this this game left a lasting impression on me. We never did get the sequels here in in um, in North America. Or Valkyria Chronicles 2 eventually did come out on the PlayStation P uh, August 31st, 2010. But we never did get Valkyria Chronicles 3. It's still exclusive over to Japan. We never actually did see that one. And then they obviously released Valkyria Revolution, which came out on June 27th, 2017 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One and the Vita. We didn't get the Vita version here in North America. We did get the PS4 and the Xbox One versions. I actually have a review up on leveldowngames.com if you want to go check that out. Um, Yasunori Mitsuda actually composed that one. But um, I think that's who you actually mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he actually is the one that composed Valkyria Revolution, but that was the one that kind of deviated from the whole tactical style of combat. They, they kind of went more towards just a generic action RPG for that, which was why people didn't like it. And then they announced um, Valkyria Chronicles 4, which is a back to the roots, back to the very original style of the first game. And that's coming later this year. So I'm very excited. Uh, the track was composed by Hitoshi Sakamoto. Um, he did the entire soundtrack for Valkyria Chronicles. He's also doing the soundtrack for Valkyria Chronicles 4 when it comes out later this year. But um, obviously, I know him from Final Fantasy XII. He's the guy, he's the composer that did Final Fantasy XII, which we're going to hear a lot of Hitoshi Sakamoto next week. So, but uh, yeah, he, he's obviously the, the Final Fantasy XII guy. He does Odin Sphere. He does uh, he also does Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, he did Tekken Six. He did uh, the Denpa Men on the 3DS, if you remember that weird game yes. that you could get on, on there. He did Dragon's Crown. He does, um, more, more recently, he did, obviously, Odin Sphere, Leaf Dreiser. He also did the Zodiac Age for Final Fantasy XII. Um, he's, he's another one of those guys that has his roots very much ingrained in JRPGs. But, no, Hitoshi Sakamoto, you're going to hear a lot of him next week. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait for Valkyria Chronicles 4. I think it's going to be an amazing game. One of my most anticipated games this year, because it's a game that we never thought, I actually never thought we would get. So, I'm excited. All right. Uh, for my fourth pick here. Okay. I'm going to pick something very fitting of the number. Okay. This is going to be 
the Elite Four theme from Pokemon Sun and Moon. was the Elite Four battle music from Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah, a game, uh, actually an entire franchise that I've not played. Um, so since Brian is unaware of what Pokemon is, it's a Japanese uh, RPG called hmm. turn-based combat. Okay, okay. I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting the picture painted. Where you control um, monsters that you summon from magical balls. Okay. Um, very, much like, very much like the espers uh, uh, from the Final Fantasy series. Okay, okay, okay. It, it sounds to me like kind of like Nino Kuni, the original Nino Kuni. Um, I think this is more like um, Digimon, mm-hmm. Hacker's Memory, yeah. Revolving Cyber Sleuth, Door Story. Cyber Sleuth, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cyber Sleuth, Atonia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Pokemon, man, it's, God, it's so good. Right. Uh, and, and Pokemon Sun and Moon, the reason I picked this version is because 
it's such a total departure. Oh, is this so, is this the same type of music you can hear in a lot of the other Pokemon? So I know they lo they old, reuse a lot of the old, same old, stuff. So all the Elite Four is pretty much have a different sound, but with Pokemon Sun and Moon, it was a departure from the normal format. Uh, in, the, in the regular Pokemon's, uh, each gym um, has a badge, and you go against a different gym leader. Once you had enough gym leaders defeated, you can go and face the Elite Four and become the grand champion of the entire world. And that's the end of the game, right? Story-wise. Story Story-wise. Story there's a little bit of post-game to it, but not much. Um, putting down a rare Pokemon or two. Mm -hmm. Pokemon Sun and Moon, what they did was, you're on these... Uh, you're on these islands, mm -hmm. and these islands are ruled by kahunas, okay. and you pass like trials and stuff, and they give you like medals to prove that you're on the tribe. Like you're not actually doing like, you would say yes, they're so technically fighting gyms and such, but in, the, in here they actually form their own elite four. They form their own Pokemon League in this region. Okay. So. And this is you know, the it, Alola region, correct? The, the Alola region, mm -hmm. and it was pretty cool because you could you could definitely hear influences from all the different islands there's, you know, there's a, a volcanic island there's a uh, more of a desert island where you heard like a little bit of an Egyptian kind of thing yeah there. so with the, with the only four it brought it all together with four distinct styles into one kind of overarching song that's why I picked this one uh, the other ones were a little more generic this okay. one at least kind of encompassed this whole new concept they went with uh, carried over to Sun and Moon 2 which are obviously the sequels or I liked it I liked this version just on, just on Hyper Moon whatever they call them right uh, I liked it uh, and I can't wait for the next one to come up. Uh, this is actually done by uh, Junichi Masuda, okay. who does all the Pokemon games. I was going to say, that, is that the normal that, Pokemon composer? Yeah, yeah, so. she, yeah she, she's all over these. Okay. Very cool. Uh, but yes, I, I really, really appreciate what you do with this one versus the other ones, because I looked through all the other early four themes. Mm -hmm. This one I hear it definitely felt like, okay, take a little here, a little there, which is what you want from a boss song. Especially right. Like, uh, when you have like a, a nice big epic game, you want like you know little callbacks here and there. Yeah, which is what we saw earlier with the uh, Banjo Kazooie track that we listened exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully that uh, hopefully we'll find out some more information on the Pokemon Switch game right around E3 this year. If the Fingers rumors crossed. if the rumors are true that it's coming out later this year, then hopefully uh, hopefully we'll start hearing some stuff on it or sometime around June because that means we're only two months away. Dude, yeah. crazy to think about we're two months away from E3. We're going to be on Twitch so much during E3 week. I am so excited. Like this, this, my favorite time of the year is coming up soon. You know, obviously we, we just, we just recently passed WrestleMania time for wrestling fans. A lot of wrestling fans that were they, you know, that's their favorite time of year. No, no. My favorite time of year is E3 week because it's all about the games to me. My favorite time of year is E3 and I love the game announcements. I love all the new trailers. I love everything about E3 week. So I, I'm excited. We got two months to go. We got two months to go. We're going to go ahead and move, there. huh? It's almost there. It's almost there, man. Almost there. We're going to go ahead and move into my next pick. And fittingly enough, this is from Persona 5. And it's also my fifth track. So, from Persona 5, this is titled Blooming Villain.
was Blooming Villain from Persona 5. One of my favorite franchises of all time, Persona. Uh, composed by the wonderful Shoji Magero. So again, just another big name being dropped here on this on this episode of BG Mania. It's funny because like you know we don't like we're getting all the heavy hitters today. It's it's funny just because the games we picked from. We're getting all the heavy hitters today. We're getting all the heavy hitters. So Shoji Magero, obviously, he does all the work over there for Atlas. He's behind the Persona series, behind Catherine, behind all those games. Um, I love Persona. I've talked extensively about the Persona series before on BG Mania. We've played more tracks, you know, from this game in the past. I love this game, dude. It released April 4th, 2017 for the PlayStation 4 here in North America. One one of the best games from 2017 by far. It, it did win a lot of Game of the Years at a lot of I publications last year. Yeah, yeah, it took a lot of awards last year. Obviously, it was in the running for our personal Game of the Year, but we ended up giving it to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, but Persona 5 definitely still in my heart one of the top games from 2017 um, I listening to that song dude I got the itch to go back and play the game again I'm not gonna lie uh, I, 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 I am gonna play through this game again like I have a second playthrough ready to go for Persona 5 I've already started it uh, I, after I finished the game I played through the initial sequences again I got about an hour or two back into the game and then I stopped like that's where I'm gonna pick back up when I, when I start the game again um I love this series, and I usually play through these games twice and play through them differently each time. So, you know, whereas I chose to, you know, pursue a romance with Anne this time, I'm definitely going for Makoto next time. Because, like I said, by the end of the, uh, by the, end of the game, I was really kicking myself that I didn't choose Makoto. She became my favorite girl by the end of the game. But I had already locked myself in with Anne, and I don't play these games where the main character could potentially date more than one person because it screws him over every single game at one point in the year. <laughs> Like, you know, if, if you go for the harem ending uh, where, where he's with everybody, then you end up with nobody. This is how it is. So uh, I don't want that. And I, you know, I, I was kicking myself that I chose that I chose I, that I didn't choose Makoto, though, because she's definitely my favorite girl, potentially my favorite girl from the entire Persona franchise now. Like, she is just amazing. I uh, absolutely loved her. Um, and I, I'm really, really curious what's going on over there at Atlas. So so obviously they're working on the Catherine remastered game right now. They're working on Project Re Fantasy. But I have heard some rumblings already of some 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 stuff on Persona 6. So typically there's maybe 10, 10 years or so in between each Persona game, which is crazy to think about. But at the Persona team is literally one team, dude. And they do more than just Persona. So then they can only do one game at a time. This is how they go. Like, they have enough staff to work on one game at a time. There are other teams within Atlas, but the team that specifically makes Persona also does Catherine, also does other games. So it's it's definitely a challenge for them to continuously pump out Personas all the time. But there will be a Persona 6. Uh, Jessica's actually still playing through Persona 5 right now. She's been playing through it since it came out. She's, she's taking extensive breaks like months upon months worth of breaks she actually just went back and started playing it again after taking about five months off from the game um it was funny because i walked out there the other day and she was playing and she was saving her game and she's at like 186 hours and i was like holy crap you're that far and she's like no no most of that's me sleeping because she falls asleep all the time while playing <laughs> and she doesn't like you know she'll she doesn't care about playtime. so if she falls asleep while playing she just saves her game anyway she doesn't really care if she's racking up time because i like to have an accurate representation on my save file of how long i play the game she's not that type she doesn't care but um i you know i constantly hear her out there playing it so i'm, I'm constantly hearing the music constantly hearing the game it's just as soon as she's done with it i may start playing it again because we only have the one copy so she's using it right okay. now on her ps4 but um, I, I'm getting the itch to play through this game again. I am. 
you know what? That's a good way to transition here. How about a game that I play all the time? Okay. My favorite one in the series. Okay. Uh, and we'll talk some numbers here in a little bit, but let's okay. let's go let's go into the boss battle theme from Mega Man Two. constant loop because they never really fought a boss for that long in Mega Man 2. Well, you would have you would have had to have fought the boss for longer than 15 seconds. It just seems so epic with all of the fighting. Sure, know. sure, sure, sure. But I, I, I too did not realize that this track was a 15 second loop. That's crazy to me. That's actually really, really crazy because I don't remember it being a 15 second loop, but it's 100% a 15 second loop. So a uh, couple little things of note here. For one, has one of the most ridiculous covers for any game. Okay. Uh, yes, it, it does. Shows, it, it shows a man in bull riot cure with a pistol shooting at a man with a boomerang on his head. It's insane, dude. Um, that was because when they were designing it, they said, no, where do I put the blaster? And they go, in his hand. They didn't tell him it's not possibly a gun, it's possibly the actual blaster. Right. That's how, that's how they hear it right there. This is, like I said, some numbers here, the best-selling game in the entire Mega Man franchise. Okay. And, Cap and Capcom's 41th highest selling title. Wow. Mega Man 2 sold over 1.5 million copies worldwide, physically. They're not even counting digital sales. Uh, and this is the pinnacle of all Mega Man games. This is, most people will agree this is the best Mega Man game out there. Um, at least in the regular Mega Man series. Sure. You know, so some may argue for X, but those people are wrong. <laughs> Um, this one, you know, just a little run on the roster because this is my favorite Mega Man game. This is Metal Man, Air Man, Bubble Man, Quick Man, Crash Man, Flash Man, Heat Man, and Wood Man. Dude, Mega Man 4! No, we're not doing that. Oh, uh, come on. That was fun last time. Yes, but it hurts my brain to do that. That was fun uh, last time. Uh, but this music was composed by Takashi Takeshi, who does, is, that is the Capcom Sound Team's uh, A number one dude. Does all the Mega Man games. Mm -hmm. He's Mr. Mega Man. He is Mega Man. Is he Mega Man? Uh, well, uh, no, no, he's not Mega Man. Oh. So Mega Man Two, just a little couple, little fun one off. So we can call these liner notes, I guess, if you will. Oh, what is this? What is this? Liner notes. I know, right? Uh, so Mega Man Two was actually novelized when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, there was a this classic series called Worlds of Power. And these were like video game novelizations. And I actually had some of these books. Uh, it pretty much followed the game. Um, you know, there was actually, at the ends of like the chapters, there were like hints for Mega Man 2. Um, and it, it was pretty cool. It was a weird part somewhere in there. Dr. Light actually turned him from a robot into a human. Mm -hmm. um, 
and something I was unaware of below in my research I found, the game was actually adopted, uh, uh, the game was adapted in, into a story arc for Archie Comics. It's mom and dad gave it up? Yes, it was adopted. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was an Archie comic, uh, Mega Man comic, where the Robot Masters uh, either had to defeat Mega Man or infect him with a virus. And bit by bit, he absorbs their powers through the virus. So it was very weird, very weird. But the, the actual novelizations, you know, as a kid trying to learn to read, mm-hmm. uh, eight years old, pretty decent reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty cool. It, it was pretty neat. I wish I, I bet you have those books laying around somewhere, and I would love to dig them up. So I think that, you know, I, I, I think you know, just something worth sharing with the, the next generation. Right. Sure, my niece would love them. Right. Exactly. Or tear the pieces because she's a little demon. And- <laughs> <laughs> Demon Souls, bringing it back, bringing it back, bringing it back, all ties together, bringing it back. All right, let's go ahead and move into my next pick for today's episode. We're going to go, of course, to another JRPG. So we're going to listen to, we're actually going to hear from a game called Lost Odyssey, which was actually exclusive to the Xbox 360. This is titled Roar of the Departed Souls. Thank you. 
And that was Roar of the Departed Souls from A Lost Odyssey. Like I, I said, I gotta tell you, I got a, I got a very much a, 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 a Matsu kind of feel up that one. I, I almost felt like I was going to the word Sephiroth. Yeah, well, I don't know if you would have known that if I wouldn't have told you prior that it was Nobuyumatsu, but. Uh... <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Come on now, I'm not letting you get credit for thinking who it is. No, this was this was composed by Nobuyumatsu, obviously. But um, like I mentioned, what's really cool about this is that it was exclusive to the Xbox 360, and it still yeah. is to this day. It released here in North America on February 12th, 2008. And what's awesome about Lost Odyssey, it's the same thing that's awesome about Blue Dragon. Uh, they, this game and, and Blue Dragon before it and Lost Odyssey here were developed by Mistwalker. Mistwalker was a Japanese, it still is a Japanese video game development studio founded by Hironobu Sakaguchi, the creator and father of Final Fantasy. So he created Mistwalker Studio after he left Square Enix and then struck up a contract with Microsoft and they made two exclusive, awesome JRPGs for the Xbox 360 at the beginning of the 360s life cycle, being Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey. And these games both are amazing. Some of the, like Sakaguchi at his best right there, and he had obviously Nobuyumatsu doing the soundtracks. It was it was pretty much a Final Fantasy team making making two different games, and it was awesome, dude. It was really really cool. Um, they also Mistwalker also did the last story for the for the Wii, which was exclusive to the Nintendo Wii, which was another amazing game. Um, more recently, they're kind of stuck doing mobile games, Android, iOS, and some of them are now coming to PC as well. Uh, Terra Battle, Terra Battle Two, and Terra Wars. But I really wish they would go back and, and make another PS4 game or a Switch game or hell, man, even a PC or an Xbox One game. Like if they wanted to strike up another partnership with Microsoft. And I actually mentioned on the Maxwell podcast many, 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 many months ago when we were talking about who Microsoft could purchase to make, you know, to make good third party, make good in-house first party games again for them. And Mistwalker is one of the studios that I mentioned. So um, there, there is a whole entire episode of the Max Level podcast out there where we talked about who Microsoft could purchase to actually bolster their first party lineup. And I do still think Mistwalker is a studio worth getting for somebody because Hironobu Sakaguchi, man, he still makes good stuff. He really, really does. But Lost Odyssey was incredible, man. It was a, a traditional JRPG at its finest. And like I said, the team that was behind it with, with Sakaguchi, with Imatsu on, on music, it was a recipe for success. It really, really was. Um, this was at the time it was released. It was Microsoft's largest console game, and it spanned four dual layer DVDs on the Xbox 360. This game was massive for its time. This game was absolutely massive. 
Um, and it did really well, too. It sold really, really well, so I'm surprised we never... People are still clamoring to this day, 10 years later, for a Lost Odyssey 2. People really want this. And let me tell you, when I first got to this part in the game and heard this track, my God, dude, that's everything we like. There's chanting. There's just epic voice, you know, vocals, rocking guitar solos. This this track has it all, dude. This track has it all. Uh, this tune is definitely awesome. Um, let's see. We're kind of winding oh, down. Oh, and that's uh, the final boss battle theme, by the way. So That was a boss battle? Yeah, kind of weird, I can't, huh? guys. I can't. can't kind of weird, huh? Kind of weird, huh? Yeah, we're winding down, dude. We're, we're getting close to the end. I got two tracks left. I say from one final boss battle to another. That's a good way. A nice little transition here. Okay. This one, the final boss battle from Sonic 3. Enjoy. was the final boss theme from Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, composed, composed by, by Michael the... Jackson, right? How dare you take what I was about to say. So yeah, guys, um, the music was originally done by Michael Jackson. Uh, he was unhappy with the product, so uh, the team came together and tried to make something that was similar to what he composed himself, so this was done by Sachio Ogawa, Tatsuyuki Maeda, Jun Sanoi, Howard Drosen, Brad Bookser, and Sirocco, which the, I believe is code word for Michael Jackson. The, <laughs> the the list of composers on Sonic 3 is so obscure, dude. It's such it an really obscure is. list of composers. 
And, and it really is it's because it, they, they were trying to recapture the Michael Jackson sound there. Sure. And they sometimes they got a decent enough, um, a decent enough, you know, rep replica of it but aren't there some tracks on the soundtrack as well that actually legit are still from michael jackson he took his name of everything so they, they, they just they throw the sound team on there right but there are still some tracks i think left behind that he actually yeah, composed himself yeah, of course, of course so we yeah. just we just don't know which ones they are a lot of people think the um uh the circus one the what was it act yes. three i think that's one of a lot of the ones a lot of people think actually still is composed by him yeah we just it's just cool you know um great game in general uh, I, I like, like Sonic 3. 3. I like Sonic 3. In fact, I even like playing the definitive version of Snap That Bad Boy into Sonic and Knuckles and playing it from start to finish. As Knuckles, right? I like to play a Sonic and Tails, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. Miles per hour? Miles per hour. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, uh, I, I want to definitely get something from Sonic 3 in here just because I want them to talk about Michael Jackson because he's the king of pop and we miss him. Yeah, we absolutely do, dude. R.I.P. Michael. I, I definitely I, do miss him. I mean, I, I, I mentioned recently too about when we talked about uh, my retro game uh, rewind. It was uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've lost a lot of these guys way too young. I mean, Prince is another one, dude. Too still like yeah. a lot of these guys way too young. Way, way, way too young. Still had more to give. Still had more to give. Um, but you know, speaking of more to give, we have some more tracks for you here today. Oh, we have two tracks left each so we'll go ahead and transition into my next pick so this is from a game that we actually have done a series spotlight on before but like i said once we actually have done the episode for the series we can actually pick other tracks from the game That's so cool. this is from the legend of zelda ocarina of time we're going to listen to the final battle against ganon
And that was the final battle against Ganon from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, arguably the best Zelda game of all time, as voted for by the Level Down Games Committee. It's definitely top four. <laughs> as voted for by the Level Down Games Committee. But I will say, keep your eyes peeled to our YouTube channel for a addendum to the ranking of the Legend of Zelda games, because we're going to do it again soon. We're going to actually do it again real soon. I'm thinking that's actually going to be the next ranking we're going to do again. So we're going to actually do it the official way. We're going to vote. We're going to give official points and we're going to get a definitive top list of Zelda games as voted for by the Level Down Games Committee. So... And I may actually get Sean and Justin to actually send in something as well, so it's not just you and me. I think that might actually be a good idea. And I will bring in two unbiased people to help us out as well. Who's um, uh, El Francaro and uh, Oren Farkle-Nickel or whatever his name is? Oren Keenarful. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We will make sure they're real people. Um, I think Sean and Justin's good enough. <laughs> because you have Justin on your side who will pick a link up to the past as number one. Yes, but I need to be by and far the ultimate winner. So maybe Elfrin <laughs> Carroll will vote as well. We don't know yet. Elfrin Carroll doesn't get a vote. Elfrin Carroll doesn't count. Elfrin Carroll doesn't count. But uh, obviously this game is my personal favorite Zelda game of all time. I absolutely love the Ocarina of Time, uh, composed by the legendary Koji Kondo. So like I said, every single composer on my list is someone absolutely legendary today. And I think that's awesome. I think it's really cool how everything that I picked from, and I, I actually didn't even, that wasn't even crossing my mind while I was picking these tracks. I wasn't thinking, okay, you know, the, the, someone that I think is blaringly or, or glaringly obvious today is uh, Yoko Shimomura. We don't have anything from Yoko on here today. At least I don't think so, unless you've got something lined up later. But I, I don't think that we have anything from Yoko Shimomura on the list today, which is kind of surprising. I think she's the biggest name missing from the from the episode today, which is kind of weird. But we are hitting all the other heavy hitters today. So uh, definitely getting some Koji Kondo in there. So I, I'm really, really liking how this all worked out, at least on my end. Uh, I, I'm really, really liking the composers that I ended up with. So... But you can never go wrong with some Macarena time. And what a final battle this was against Ganon, dude. What a final battle this was. This was a, this was a really fun one that yeah. I've done a dozen times or so in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've definitely played through this games way more than just once. It's, uh, well, not these games. This game in particular, Ocarina of Time. I've played through this so many times. I love this game. I really, really do. This might be like my second or third most played Zelda. It's up there. Really? Link to the Past oh, is your first? I played through that game once a year, like no matter what. Link to the past. Yeah, it, just, it has it has the age over this game. That's the only thing. That's why every time I played it so many times. What is the other one that you have a lot of playtime in? Then I'm curious. Believe it or not, Zelda Two. I, I, okay. I, I go back to it. I played a lot. For yeah, the purpose that you're trying to like it, or the purpose just to play it. The purpose that I've been trying to beat it for years. Okay, so you've actually, <laughs> that's right. You never beaten Zelda Two. I, I, I've recently, very yeah. very recently. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Levels that you keep going back to, trying to beat, trying to beat, trying to beat, but I'm there now. We're there. It's happened. Yeah. Success. Da, 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 okay. da, 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 da. That's Final I've Fantasy. Saved every, I've saved every high roll. Yes, this is a good one game. Uh, <laughs> I did that on purpose, though. I did that on purpose. Okay. Now, I'm going to take you know, for my penultimate pick. Okay. I want to find something just awesome, off the wall, blow back your socks off here. Okay. 
this is from a game that I had way more fun with than I thought I was going to. Okay. This is Count Cannoli's theme from Wario, Master of Disguise. the Count Cannoli theme from Wario, Master of Disguise. Uh, Are you trying to slip some Italian references in here? Uh, this entire game, nothing but Italian references. I know, comes to, I know. Enemies. Uh, in fact, Papa Tar- Pepperoni! <laughs> oh, well, easy, that's our word. Uh, huh? I'm Italian, we can get to say that, you don't. Papa Pepperoni? Yes. What's wrong with that? We threw a little inflection on there. Okay. Oh, okay. What about, uh, what about, uh, no, no, no. Well, what about enemies wise? What about Randy Rigatoni? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Alien Alfredo. Thank you so much. So, yes, jerk. Uh, the main, the main enemy, uh, or one of the main enemies, his name was Carpaccio. The, the, the main antagonist of the game. Uh, Count Cannoli. Okay. Uh, usurped only by the final boss, Terror Masu. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Mr. Mozzarella! Game. Folks, I don't support this kind of blatant racism towards my Italian brethren that, that he's doing right here, okay? We're a proud, industrious GTL kind of people. Mrs. Marinera! God damn it, I can't. Same thing. You know enemies like Da Vinci's. Da Vinci's what? It's a, it's a mouse. Da Vinci's. 
Davinci's. Oh, Davinci's. Get Div it? Like, like, oh, like oh, Mr. Oh, Mozzarella oh, <laughs> and Mrs. Oh, Marinara. Oh, another, uh... <laughs> Thank you so much. Another mouse, mouse named Munchel, Munchelangelo. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, 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 we're officially ending this podcast because Brian's a devil. It's so good, dude. That's so funny. Nah, but this this came out on the uh, Nintendo DS. Okay. Uh, I thought it was going to be absolutely horrible because you look at the cover of it and it's Wario with like a jewel and a little feather stick out of his hat and says mm -hmm. Master of Disguise and I'm like, what kind of pure utter nonsense is this? Does he fight Linguini Luigi? Brian, I think I've had enough of your, your, your blatant uh, disdain for my culture. <laughs> it's not disdain at all. It's freaking funny. <laughs> Count Cannoli, dude. I, there's only so much I can hold back when you have a boss named Count Cannoli. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make jokes. Count, Count Cannoli happens to be my uh, Italian porn name. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll try to think of some more before we wrap this up. Oh, you're a jerk. So, uh, so, so Kenji Akita. Okay. Only composed two other games. Okay. Pole position 64. Okay, that's so that's an odd one to have, okay. And F0 Climax. That's a good one to have. Now, uh, other than that, just works the sound department. CBE works the sound department for Resident Evil, Dark Side Chronicles, and the GG series. So, okay. GG series, Assault Buster, Dark Spirit, you name it, he's in there. I'm not pretty much relatively unknown. Weird, but, but so he didn't do any of the other Wario games either? Nope, that's it. Weird. In fact, um, his other only big game of note here, uh, he was the composer, he did sound effects for Ark the Lad. Okay, Ark the Lad's a great JRPG series. Yes, but no, he didn't do any music, he was just sound effects. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Alright, so you have one track left, you son of a gun. What kind of, uh, track are you going to take us out with for, on your end? Well, we're going to go to some salty spaghetti monster. Nice. <laughs> the freaking Fuseli! <laughs> oh, dude, I can keep going. My rage is slowly building, Brian. There's, 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 there's Papa Pepperoni, but there's also Pepe Penne! I'm gonna rig a Tony less I had nothing. <laughs> I'm going to close out today with my favorite, one of my favorite games of all time, as I usually do. So we're going to take a look at World of Warcraft and we're going to listen to the music that plays during the Lich King fight, the Arthas fight in Wrath of the Lich King. This track is titled Invincible.
and that was Invincible from World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King. My all-time still, to this day, favorite expansion. And most old-school Warcraft players will, will attest that that is the definitive expansion to the World of Warcraft game. Um, that track was composed by Russell Brower, the legendary Russell Brower. It does most of the work over at Blizzard. So again, another big name here for, 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 for the podcast, for the episode. This expansion had it all, man. It literally, it introduced the Northrend expansion or the Northrend continent, which everyone wanted. Brought Death Knights, which everyone wanted. We got to take the battle to the Lich King, which this fight, this particular music is from. So, so what's really, really awesome about this piece of music is that it plays during the end of the boss battle of the of the Lich King in the raid for in the uh, in the Ice Crown Citadel, which is the raid where you fight the Lich King slash Arthas, just as you're about to defeat him, and he, and he starts to channel like and try to do like one last thing to try to survive. This piece of music kicks in, and then as soon as you defeat him, you get this epic, really really emotional, really really touching cutscene with this track playing in the background and it's it's so amazing i like i said this this still to this day one of my favorite moments from the entire story that that warcraft and blizzard was able to tell in world of warcraft um i don't i don't know that it'll be topped man i really really don't because wrath of the lich king happened when warcraft was at its peak um, Warcraft was at the pinnacle of, 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 of the sales charts. It was the pinnacle of MMOs. No MMO will ever touch Warcraft where it was at during the Wrath of the Lich King expansion. It was over 12 million subscribers at the time, which is unheard of for an MMO. No MMO ever gets that high. Some may have, you know, like Final Fantasy XIV touts having like 10 or so, 10 million registered users. But that doesn't mean active subscription accounts. And I actually talk about this with Justin a lot because we make he makes jokes that Final Fantasy XIV is doing better than than World of Warcraft, and it's not. World of Warcraft still has more active subscriptions on a monthly basis than Final Fantasy XIV. Um, Final Fantasy XIV has a lot of registered accounts. I'll give them that. They really, really do. And if all those people paid, it would be the top MMO, but they don't. You know, not not all those people that have an account or Final Fantasy XIV still actively play. They may have at one time, but it's not a concurrent thing. Back in the day, back in 2008, when this game came out, there were 12 million plus people subscribed to World of Warcraft on a monthly basis which is unheard of. It's gotten back up to 10 million since. Like, it's gotten back up during the Warlords of Draenor release, during the Legion release. The game always peaks back to around 10 million when, when a new expansion comes out because a lot of former players are interested in what Blizzard's doing and they're interested in the Warcraft storyline. So when Battle for Azeroth comes out on August 14th later this year, I, I have a feeling the game will get up to about 10 million again. But it won't stay there. It's there for like a month or two, and then it drops back down to about 8 million. And then it'll stabilize somewhere around 7 or 6 million, which is still really freaking impressive for a game that's going, you know, that's 14 years old and still going strong. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. But yeah, this is a very emotional song, a very touching song. One of my favorites from the game. One of my favorites. But you get to close the show. I do get to close the show. Um, and again, what we're going to do here is we're going to play a song from a series. We already did this Castlevania series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like I said, we picked a song that we didn't pick before because you'll go always revisit. Uh, and this is from my least favorite Castlevania game. Really? Then why'd you pick this track? Because it's an amazing track. Okay. I mean, okay. That's and fair, we, fair and, enough. And, fair and, enough. And we see that happen quite often. We, we, you know, sure. we see that we'll, we'll go to a game that... Uh, most recently, we did Spirit Tracks. 
Um, great music. Really, great music. Really sucks, but great, great music. So uh, I, I can give credit where credit's due. Although Spirit uh, Track's not the worst in the series. Sure it is. Uh, this is from Castlevania Order of Ecclesia. I'm going to close out with the Barlow Battle, uh, composed by uh, Michiro Yamani and Yasuhiro Ichihashi, both uh, on the Konami Sound team, both known for just doing the Castlevania series. And they've done them all? Uh, they, they've done all the ones on the DS. Handhelds, okay. Handhelds, okay. so all, all the handhelds. Okay. Um, they've made so, some good stuff then. I mean, they, they definitely, and this is a great track. It is. We've, we've heard a lot of their tracks uh, mm-hmm. when we did our series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a nice, solid song to, to close us out with. Yeah, this this particular uh, track here is really good. Obviously, you know, we, we just listened to it before coming back, and very, very, obviously, very Castlevania. It's very rocking, so uh, I, I like this track a lot. It's I think it's a good way to close the show. I like this track a lot. Before we take, before we go, uh, Brian, we'll go ahead and take us out. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess I can do that. Um, are you sure you don't want Papa Pepperoni to take us out, though? Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of BG Mania. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, BG Mania is uploaded on iTunes and Google Play every Wednesday. Leaving us a rating and a review, if you haven't already done so, on either iTunes or Google Play helps us out tremendously in terms of search results. If you have any ideas or requests for future episodes, remember to email us at bgmania at leveldowngames.com with those requests. If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis. Remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on iTunes and Google Play, as well as the description box on all of our YouTube videos. We've got Amazon, Technisport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us. To stay up to date on all things Double Down Games, be sure to sub to us on YouTube. You can find our main account over on Twitter at OriginalLDG. I'm at Brian underscore LDG. Frank is at the Frankosaurus. We're both on Instagram. I'm at Brian.LDG, and Frank is at the Frankosaurus once again. We can be found on Facebook for general posts and information and finally over at twitch.tv slash level down games for all of our live streams which are happening now five days a week typically sometimes six sometimes even seven feel free to say hello when you drop on by and remember if you sub to us on youtube follow us on twitch and leave us a review on itunes we will send you one two or maybe even more crappy steam games Doing all these things will ensure that you never miss an episode of Max Level, our video game podcast, every Monday. Game Oracles, our video game trailer show, every Tuesday. BG Mania, a video game music podcast, every Wednesday. And Glow, a podcast dedicated to professional wrestling, every Thursday. Plus, you'll have access to all of our video reviews, unboxings, Let's Plays, reaction videos, and so much more. Of course, all this is also found on our main home event, and hopefully yours as well, leveldowngames.com. Next week, we return to our series episodes. We're going to be taking a look at 10 tracks from Final Fantasy X and 10 tracks from Final Fantasy XII. So like I said, you're going to hear a lot of Hitoshi Sakamoto next week because he's the composer of Final Fantasy XII. And I'll tell you right now, this is going to be a very, very hard episode for me to pick the tracks because I love the soundtracks of both 10 and 12. I, I literally am going to have a hard time limiting it down to 10. So this is going to be a fun one for me to see exactly what I choose to keep and what I choose to not show it in the episode. It just means that I'm going to hear 10, 20 really, really good songs. Yes, 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 it does. That is, that is for sure a promise to to the listener that you will hear some amazing tracks next week. Taking us out of this episode once again, we have Barlow Battle from Castlevania Order of Ecclesia. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. Papa Pepperoni.